Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we're talking about a real-world SD-WAN deployment. Our sponsor is Aruba. We're talking with Aruba customer Alabama One. That's a credit union. And our guest is Bobby Umfris II. He is Director of IT and Operations at Alabama One. Uh, Bobby, welcome to the podcast. To get us started, can you give us a brief overview of what your network looked like before you decided to go to Aruba Edge Connect and Aruba's Edge Services Platform, or ESP? Sure. Our previous uh, network platform was MPLS-based, so with one of the big telecom providers out there. And I think everybody's kind of familiar with the MPLS networks and kind of some of the uh, uh, challenges and obstacles that we have with those. I can already hear Greg winding up to get on top of MPLS and, and ride it into the dirt. <laughs> well, I think the telcos have done what's best for telcos, and we've said that before, whereas customers haven't been able to sort of, it's been an imbalance. So you only could get what the telcos gave you. And I think the key here is that what you're supporting here with a financial institution, with a banking, is that you just want to have as much bandwidth as possible to support the services. But I bet your bandwidth is in remote locations. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. We do have a, a lot of rural locations. Getting uh, that connectivity into those locations, a lot of times we were actually having to rely on that carrier, but it was a different last mile carrier. So that put another layer of complexity on uh, getting those solutions in there. So you were looking at SD-WAN to help you migrate off MPLS and get on to broadband. Was that the idea? Yes, uh, get into broadband and also to provide that redundancy or, uh, you know, failover capabilities in those remote locations. Right, those dual circuits you can use. Yeah, okay. So that's common. A lot of people take up SD-WAN because they might only be able to afford one MPLS connection, but you can have two or three broadband connections and get double the bandwidth for one third the price or something. Yes. When we started researching uh, what our options were there, we found out that we could put in a, a commodity fiber internet connection along with either a cable or LTE connection for mm. less than about half the price we were paying for the MPLS connection with maybe less than a third of the bandwidth that we wow. had originally there. Let me ask the ROI question up front here. It's not something we always talk about up front, but I think it, it's important here. That means most likely that you got ROI in what, a year or less? Yes. In the first year, we were able to realize the uh, return on investment there, which was uh, you know, great that we could see that, you know, all right, we're putting this solution in, we're going to get more bandwidth, we're going to get redundancy, things like that, that we were needing at the time. And then mm. to see that the product was going to pay for itself in that first year was amazing. It, it, it's too good to be true when you come at it, doesn't it? Sometimes? Yes. Yes. Uh, it feels like we, you win and you win and you win. And it, it, Yeah. When I brought it to our CTO, he was like, are you sure those numbers are correct? I'm like, I said, Here, here's my spreadsheet. I said, you can look at it yourself. And he was like, well, it's, it's a no brainer. <laughs> so how many locations are we talking about? At that time we had about 15 locations. Okay. So when you're looking at the SD-WAN market, how did you settle on Aruba? Because there are a lot of choices out there. Uh, sure. Settling on Aruba, um, the technology partner that we were working with kind of did a proof of concept with the previous IT group that was there before I started Alabama One. Uh, I kind of did some research myself on that. Uh, I also had uh, heard them on the Packet Pushers uh, podcast um, previously. And wow. um, so... <laughs> Kind of listening to some of those and also just getting out there and kind of seeing some real world use cases of and how people were happy with the product and all that. And, you know, mm -hmm. looking at looking at that uh, platform at the time, there were a lot less complaints with that platform. And that's what we we're wanting to get to was that, you know, we didn't want to have to constantly babysit a platform that, you know, as we put it in, you know, we want it to be bulletproof, uh, you know, have a good experience and all that. Because the last thing we want to do is say, all right, it's, it's saving us a lot of money, but we got a lot of problems with it. So that's, right. that's the last thing that we wanted. Right. Okay. So you're looking at the operational aspect of it as well as the ROI. Yes. I bet you get more sleep because that automated yes. failover of SD-WAN, is, is that right? Yes. You know, there's a lot of times that, especially in some of those rural areas, that there'll be a fiber cut uh, mm. and it would uh, seamlessly fail over to LTE or a cable connection. And, you know, the branch goes along their business. We, we get the notification that the circuit is down. 
we notify the telecom provider in that area and they're like, yeah, there's a fiber cut. It'll be back up mm. in a few hours. I'm like, all right, well, no, no big rush on that. So it, it's <laughs> nice that, you know, as soon as that fiber comes back online, it's, they just have the additional added bandwidth at that site. Now I, I used to support networks in rural Australia and that right there is a pay rise. What yeah. I would have done to be able to not have to babysit telcos who are quite obviously not all that worried about an outage and they'd get to it when they get to it. I think that's a big thing. But mm -hmm. what about provisioning of new locations? One of the things that I've talked to lots of people about with SD-WAN is that ability to turn up a location quick. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, actually we had a, a new site that we had purchased from a uh, another financial institution that were moving out of that market. Uh, we came in there, uh, this was actually around Labor Day weekend uh, last year for us. We came in there on a Thursday. Uh, we'd mm -hmm. already had a uh, cable circuit dropped in earlier that week. Mm -hmm. We came in on Thursday. As the previous uh, financial institution was moving out, we were moving our equipment in. And mm -hmm. that following Tuesday, we opened up as Alabama One. Wow. Uh, our uh, president and CEO was like, I've never seen something turn around that quickly. And we were like, this, this, see, this is a good solution that we put in. And he's like, we couldn't have done it without that. I said, if we had the previous MPLS provider, I said, we'd be waiting three months for a circuit to be dropped in here. And, that, and that's not what you need with your sort of business, that rural banking business. Yes. You want to be on the ground, moving locations quickly, finding customers, being where customers are and changing to, you know, as other banks recede, you move in, right? Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, ju just in the uh, last uh, half of the year, last year, we deployed uh, four new branches. Uh, hmm. And it was kind of like one after the other every month uh, that we were deploying. So. It, it was nice to be able to get in there. And we had a lot of times we could stage the equipment uh, in our corporate office, have our mm. desktop team kind of test everything that was going to be deployed at the branch and then pick everything up and move it into the branch and install it. And uh, so, 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 that, so that raises the topic of the breadth of the Aruba solution because are you using it for the branch networking as well? Yes. Uh, we have Aruba access points and uh, access switching in the branches as well. Okay, so you're getting Aruba for Wi-Fi, for networking and for SD-WAN all in one package. Yes. Okay. And this is where I guess the edge services platform comes in then because you're managing it all, I presume, from one kind of console? That's correct. What, what does that mean for you operationally? Because I am going to assume that you probably don't have IT staff at every location. Uh, that's correct. And with, with some of the sites being rural, it's, um, you know, you know, it's not just a 20 minute drive down the road to go fix a problem. <laughs> um, but, you know, being able to go out and kind of troubleshoot some of those issues remotely. Um, and if there is something that we can have, uh, you know, if the desktop staff is going out there, we can say, hey, do this for us. Uh, so it's something that uh, it's a lot less of uh, a steep learning curve for uh, some of our new team members. Um, but also that with the templates within uh, the SD-WAN product, when we deploy a site, we know that it's being deployed the correct way each time. And there's not, you know, there's, you know, usually when we got with MPLS, there's one piece that was left out or the telecom provider didn't have something correct. So, and we had to adjust for that. So with this solution, we're able to put it in a, put in a new branch the right way every time. And I presume that's important because as a financial institution, you've got some significant security, privacy, and compliance requirements that you have to meet. That's correct. Too. So are you also using some of the branch security features? Like one of the things that I've, you know, we've talked about with Aruba over the years is that clear pass for network access control and that ability to have security in the bench. Whereas before, you know, with the old MPLS and put a switch in and cross your fingers sort of thing, it, it, I think it's a pretty radical difference too. Yes, uh, we use ClearPass uh, in the branch. Uh, we had it mainly set up for our wired uh, devices to begin with. Um, mm. Here in the past couple of years, when we finally deployed a enterprise wireless solution across all of our branch footprint. Um, mm. But, you know, being able to have that uh, security where someone couldn't just go into a lobby to an Ethernet port and plug in and get on our network. Um, you know, we have, we've had some new people join our IT group and 
they hadn't seen anything like that before. And they're like, we're just used to plugging into a port and being able to go. And I'm like, not, not in this institution. You, can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that in banking. And, but in a lot of yeah. banking institutions like yours, I, I remember that branch managers are often shared between multiple branches and they move around from one to the other or resources, you know, tellers and so forth. You might only only open up in a location for two days a week. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, setting up, tearing down, moving around was actually very difficult. And now it's much more simplified. Yes. Were you offering Wi-Fi at branches before you brought in Aruba? Uh, we were not. So I started there in the credit union uh, back in uh, 2018. And, uh, you know, it was kind of amazing in 2018 that we didn't have a wireless solution or, or an enterprise wireless solution mm-hmm. deployed across the branch footprint. And, you know, people would come into a meeting and, and pop out a, you know, a hotspot and, and connect to it and then VPN back into the network. And I'm like, this, this isn't uh, the, the right solution that we need right here. <laughs> I said, where the the amount that we were spending in hotspots and data plans, I said, oh, we probably could have bought a, a few hotspots to throw up in here. And uh, I'd had good experience with the Aruba products in previous employers. And, uh, you know, when we came to our uh, technology partner, uh, Veristore, um, we came, you know, kind of said, you know, we want to go look at the Aruba products. And uh, that's how we got started there. So does having now Wi-Fi and SD-WAN at branches let you do new things, offer new services to customers? Yeah, so we have, uh, uh, you know, multiple other solutions that we offer outside of your typical uh, banking uh, products. We also have a uh, insurance and wealth advisory teams as well. Uh, so they're able to go into those uh, more rural branches and, you know, they're at this branch a couple of days out of the week and then they can go to another one. Uh, but they're able to set up shop in just about any site if they wanted to. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and what about things like new services? So I've seen a lot of banking institutions move to this. You don't have a teller location. You just have people walking the floor with iPads and that type of stuff. Is, it, is that something in your, in your line? Yes. Um, so we're actually, we have a, a, a test site that we kind of test some of those uh, features out before we start rolling them out to the other branches. But that's uh, something that we're going down the path of right now is that it's yeah. not just a typical, you know, teller line that you go up to and here's your money. Thanks. See you next time that you want something else. Uh, but it's more of a, a self-service type machine. And then we have member service reps that can come up and help and talk to you about new services that we're offering that you may not necessarily know about that if you're mm-hmm. just talking to a teller wanting to withdraw a few hundred bucks or, you know, deposit money. Are you at all worried about having, you know, sort of put all of your eggs into one vendor's basket? No, not at this time. When the solution works as well as it does, um, we've gotten a lot of people to kind of, um, you know, really learn the product. Um So being able to kind of troubleshoot and know um, what's to be expected and how things should operate, uh, I think is one thing. But also, you know, when you put in a solution that just works the way it has here, um, you know, there's not really a need to kind of say, all right, let's try to piece together 12 different vendors Mm -hmm. and try to make them all talk together. Yeah, because it's easy to forget, Drew, that a lot of times in the old networks, we didn't have good visibility tools. We didn't have mon- We had network monitoring for simple stuff like router up, router down, bandwidth up, bandwidth down, that's about it. But now with the Aruba Central, you actually got a lot more visibility into what's happening. And the SD-WAN actually gives you insights into the traffic and the packets and the security tooling, like the NAC actually lets you do a whole bunch of segmentation as well, right at the edge. Are those sorts of things on your mind? Uh, yes. Um so being, being able to do some of that, so like, for instance, our, our guest Wi-Fi uh, within the branch uh, footprint, um, those leave our silver, uh, the Aruba platform directly. Mm. Um, so we don't backhaul that guest Wi-Fi traffic because we're not interested in inspecting that traffic. But right, corporate right. traffic, yeah. ATM traffic, things like that get backhauled into. So, you know, being able to make that decision about, you know, what type of traffic this is, should it leave the internet connection directly there or be backhauled in the corporate office? 
mm. or into the data center, uh, you know, is some, uh, how we look at, you know, uh, classifying that traffic. Yes, the split tunneling really makes a big difference, makes it more practical than ever before. Yes. Yeah, and I know that's a simple thing, but, and it's almost like table stakes these days, but I, I think one of the keys here for you, and I'd like to get your take, is this combination of SD-WAN with the branch networking would be the, would be a really key advantage because now you've actually got a lot of actual network security at the branch combined with the desktop security to make you feel more confident in this modern environment. Yes, it's, it's a lot different from the old MPLS style networks. Um, mm. uh, you know, some, some of these, you're relying on the telecom provider to kind of provide some of that security to segment uh, your traffic from other uh, customers of theirs, mm. uh, which interestingly, um, uh, working at our previous employer, we had an, uh, a situation where uh, we was doing some consultant work for a bank, and they had their MPLS network exposed to another bank with the same name. And the telecom mm. provider was like, we don't know how that happened. And I'm like, well, we're seeing their computers on this other network. How is oh, that no. supposed to be happening <laughs> if you're segmenting on your side? <laughs> so it, like, it does sound too good to be true, right? You deployed it, you bought this technology, got ROI in less than 12 months. The president actually knows who you are because you're making a difference to his life. It sounds like you're in a good run. Yes. What about uh, employees, uh, your end users? Do, have they noticed a difference? Or, I mean, another way to look at that is if, if they're not complaining, then everything's good. Yeah. So uh, previously, a lot of our branch sites were running at about a 10 meg MPLS connection. Mm -hmm. So with the provider uh, that we were using at the time, uh, they were segmenting or VLANing that traffic from their side. So it was seven megs for data uh, two megs for voice traffic and one meg for ATM traffic. Well, if you wasn't using ATM or voice traffic, uh, those VLANs, you couldn't make advantage, take advantage of that extra three megs of bandwidth. Right, right. right. And also having uh, security cameras in the branches and all that, if somebody from corporate started to pull in uh, video footage, it would further hamper their uh, ability to kind of communicate back to the data center. Uh, so once we started deploying SD-WAN, uh, we started dropping in minimum 20 meg fiber uh, connections along with a cable connection. Uh, and then as, you know, bandwidth kind of drops in those commodity fiber connections, you know, next year we get a, a 50 meg connection for the same price we were paying for the 20. So, you know, being able to drop in that extra bandwidth and plus, you know, everybody's using Zoom and some type of Teams or video type yep. solution nowadays, being able to, uh, you know, fully uh, take advantage of that and not say, hey, only, only one or two people here can be on a Zoom at a time, you know, kind of really uh, ups what you can do in the branch. Absolutely. I can't imagine having to tell folks, okay, we, we can only have two people on the Zoom call because we don't have the bandwidth for it. That would be yeah. <laughs> some race hackles. <laughs> All right. Well, that does uh, wrap up our time. If you want to find out more about Aruba Networks, just head on over to arubanetworks.com. That's arubanetworks.com. Uh, Bobby, thank you for joining us. I had a really good time with this conversation. Uh, and as always, thanks to Aruba for being a sponsor and thanks you for being a listener. If you like this episode, you can find it and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers, find us on LinkedIn, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.